Hi, and welcome to the Why in Newcastle podcast. In this episode, we are looking at the power of prayer. Prayer is a beautiful moment of connection between you and God. It's not as complicated, difficult, or boring as one might think. This episode will hopefully inspire you to want to pray more, but also equip you with knowing how to pray. Our guest speaker, Peter Warren, alongside his wife, led YWAM Denver in Colorado for many years. Peter has spent countless years on the mission field, helping other people come to know God. His heart beats for the lost as he takes the timeless message of God's love into every sphere of society. Peter has taught all around the world and has shared his wisdom and knowledge with countless people. What is it that happens in prayer? Do we pray simply because God tells us to? Is it because it changes us? Or does prayer actually change outcomes? In other words, something is going to happen, but you pray according to God's will and something different happens. I think all three of those take place. So I want to talk to you about this. Uh, this is one of the foundational values of Youth with a Mission is intercession. So when I first came to YWAM, one of my first teachers was a New Zealand Bible teacher called Joy Dawson. And she made this statement. If all of your faculties were taken away from you, except for a sound mind, you could change the course of history through the ministry of intercession. She described intercession as creating with God. So Genesis 1.1 says, in the beginning, God created. Let me ask you, was that the last time or is he still creating? And if he's still creating, does he give us a place to co-create with him, to partner with him? In other words, that he leaves some things unresolved so that we can partner with him to bring about a solution. Now, let me say this. God is sovereign over all of creation and over the direction of history. The rise and fall of nations, for example, Daniel 2.21, it says he removes kings and establishes new ones. Uh, Acts 17.26 says that he has pre-appointed the times and boundaries of every nation on earth. That's why one out of every four verses in the Bible is prophecy. According to J. Barton Payne's Encyclopedia on Biblical Prophecy, there are 31,173 verses in the Bible. 8,352 of them are prophetic in nature. Many of them that were fulfilled when Jesus came to the earth. But there are many others. So the Bible is full of prophecy because God says the direction of history is going to go this way. And some of it I'm going to make go this way. Uh, sometimes God does something so that something else will not happen. The word lest means in order that something else will or will not happen. Uh, so I might say, for example, I'm not going to take a nap this afternoon lest I lay awake till two in the morning again. Uh, the Bible uses the term lest. So I hope you have a Bible handy. I'm going to read mainly from the ESV, the English Standard, Exodus 13, 17 says, God led the children of Israel by a different way, lest when they met the Philistines, they would return to Egypt. Genesis 4.15, he says that he put a mark on Cain, lest someone take his life. And then Judges 7 verse 2, God told Gideon to reduce the size of his army, lest they give themselves the credit for the victory. So God steps in. He's given free will to human beings, but if things are starting to go sideways, God will intervene and even override a person's free will if necessary. This was 
An example of this was, was uh, Balaam, who was this witch doctor who was hired by this evil king to put a curse on Israel. And uh, when he opened his mouth, a blessing came out instead. God changed the curse into a blessing. Nehemiah 13 verse 2. And then you know the story of Pharaoh where God hardened his heart to fulfill his sovereign purposes for the nation of Israel. Um, lest anyone feel sorry for poor Pharaoh, let's remember that he hardened his own heart the first five times, and then God hardened his heart. When someone hardens their heart toward God, they become a candidate for God to use them without their permission. Because God, see, is in control of history. He's in control of history, but that doesn't mean he controls every single event in history especially those to whom he has given freedom of will, to angels as well as to human beings. So not everything that happens is God's will because there are other wills. He doesn't control everybody's will. Because if everything is God's will, then God wants for there to be wars and God wants for some babies to be born deformed and God wants for women to be raped and for there to be millions of refugees. Is this God's will? No. There are actually two main words for the will of God in the Greek. One of them is bulamai, the other is thelema. And thelema in particular relates to God's preferred will. But it's clear in scripture that sometimes neither bulamai or thelema happen. In 2 Peter 3.9, it says that God is not willing that any should perish. That's bulamai. But there are people perishing. Uh, he says in Thess uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. Did you give thanks in everything? I know sometimes I'm ungrateful and God has to convict me, but if I'm ungrateful, if I'm critical, I'm out of the will of God. That's not his will for me. Not everything that happens is his will, because he has delegated that to other people. So, what does this have to do with prayer? Well, a lot. So that's the context. Now let's talk about prayer in particular. Even when you know something is God's will, you still might have to pray it into existence. God said to his friend Isaiah, Isaiah 1.18, come and let's reason together. I'll use my mind, you use your little mind, and let's think this thing through. Let me ask you, isn't that what Abraham was doing with God when he reasoned with him in Genesis 18, verse 25, that it wouldn't be just if God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah if there were 50 righteous. And then he changed, when God agreed with him, he changed again and asked for less people and less people. And five times the outcome was changed because Abraham was willing to pray. Wow, how incredible is that? So it seems to me as I read the scriptures that some things will not happen unless we pray. This was the case in Ezekiel 22, verse 30 and 31. God said to the prophet Ezekiel that if he found a man who was willing to stand in the gap and make a wall on behalf of the land, he would not destroy it. But he found no one, so he had to bring destruction. The fact that God was looking for an intercessor meant if an intercessor was around and was willing to stand in the gap and make a wall, God could have justly delayed the judgment. Wow, how incredible. Some things will not happen unless we pray. And there are other things that will only happen if we pray. This was the case with King Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the king in Israel, I mean Judah, and Isaiah was the, the prophet. And God spoke to 
Isaiah and said, go tell Hezekiah he's about to die and get his affairs in order. And he tells him and Hezekiah falls on his knees and he cries out to God, God, I don't want to die. And so God taps Isaiah on the shoulder and says, go back and tell him, I've added 15 years to his life. Isaiah 38, verses 1 through 5. Why would the Bible say God added 15 years to his life if he was already going to live those 15 years regardless of what he did? Obviously, his prayer made the difference. The same was the case with Moses in Exodus 32, verse 10 through 14, where he prayed for the nation of Israel and God did not destroy them. Okay, so here are the parameters of prayer. God will never force anyone to love him because it violates the principle of love relationships. So you can pray for your loved ones, but God's not going to make them be saved. He's going to persuade them and try to get them to come back to him. But ultimately, it's up to him. God will not force anyone to love you because it violates the principles of love relationship too. Third parameter, you've got to make sure you're praying according to God's will. James 4.3 says that we miss the mark when we pray according to our own desires. So we have to, first of all, and here are some principles for intercession, put aside what you want to see happen. Ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Thirdly, you bind the devil. And then you thank God in faith that he's going to speak to you. And then you wait on him for him to speak to you. And then you pray according to his will. Don't pray according to your own desires. Pray according to God's desires, his will. In fact, the word thelema for the will of God is the word for wish or pleasure. What is it, God, that you want? It's translated his will, but it's his wish. What do you want to do in this situation? So here's an example. In 2 Corinthians 12, 8 and 9, here's this great man of God. Three times he asked God for something. And finally, God said, listen, it's not my will. Stop praying for that. My grace is sufficient for you. 1 John 5.14 says, Now this is the confidence we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, then he hears us. Okay, so once you've determined something is God's will, because you waited on him, you put aside your own desires, you asked him to fill you with the Holy Spirit, you bound the enemy, and you waited on God, and he showed you what he wants to do, then you have to pray and pray and pray, and don't give up, because our prayers Fill these bowls with incense. Revelation 5.8 and Revelation 8.3-5 describe prayer as bowls of incense. The incense are the prayers of the saints. When they get filled up, the prayers are answered. This is why God could say in Isaiah 62.7 to the watchman in Jerusalem to give him no rest until he answered their prayers. Luke 18.1, he tells us to pray and not lose heart. Because when that, when our prayers are not answered immediately, it's easy to lose heart. And then 1 Thessalonians 4.17, pray without ceasing. How can you do that? How can you pray without ceasing? Well, it means you, there's unbroken connectivity between you and God. You continue to pray and continue to pray and you don't give up. Here's the best example. Jesus is praying 24-7 for us. He's praying for you. When you woke up this morning, Jesus had been praying for you all night, okay? Because he is committed to prayer. That's how powerful prayer is. So God's not limited by man, uh, but he has chosen to involve us in the outcome of what takes place on this earth. 
praying for friends, for family, family, for loved ones, praying for your city, for your nation. Continue to pray for needs you see in the world because I want to suggest to you, prayer actually changes things. And you and I have the privilege of doing that. So let me close with a story. There was this great man of God. He used to teach in our YWAM schools back in the day. His name was Duncan Campbell. He was a Scottish preacher. God told him, interrupted his schedule and told him to go to the Hebrides, to the Isle of Lewis. The Hebrides are these islands off the coast of Scotland. He got over there. He didn't know anyone. And he asked this young boy when he got off the ferry, uh, are there any churches around here? And, and the young boy said, oh, all the churches are dead over here. Uh, but I know that that house up on the hill belongs to one of the elders of that church. So he went up there. God had spoken to the elders of the church that he was sending a preacher. And when Duncan Campbell arrived, uh, they took him to church. He preached this powerful message. And nothing happened right away. But then after they gathered outside uh, of the church, after the, the uh, meeting, uh, people began falling on the ground under conviction of sin. Such intense conviction of sin came that they were repenting for their sins, confessing their sins. God poured out his spirit and revival and spiritual awakening spread through the Hebrides. It's known as the Hebrides revival. Later on, Duncan Campbell meets the people that he gives the credit to, uh, a little intercession group that had been praying. And two ladies in particular had been praying for 20 years every night, from 10 at night till 4 in the morning, that God would pour out his spirit on their land. You know what happened? The bowls of incense filled up and they overflowed and God poured out his spirit. Yongi Cho, Paul Yongi Cho from Korea says, prayer is the key to revival. We can't stop praying. So we have the privilege of being intercessors, not praying what we want to see happen, but asking God, what do you want to do in this situation? And then acting in accordance with him in faith and praying until. Faith is praying until. So you and I have the privilege of doing that. And I want to encourage you, your prayers are making a difference. So God bless you. Thank you, Peter. That was so good. What a powerful statement by Joy Dawson. If all your faculties were taken away from you, except a sound mind, you could change the course of history through the ministry of intercession. Wow. I loved all the examples from the Bible as well. You really used them to help us understand the power of prayer. Now I have a few questions to help us with the practical application of Peter's teaching. Take some time to think on these things. Remember to invite the Holy Spirit into this time. And remember, knowledge and information will only change your life through practical application. So first I want to say, I think in all of this, it's important we remember to trust God's timing. His love for us and that he wants what is best for us. And the more you read your Bible and the more you get to know God, the easier this becomes. So number one. What do you want to see change through your prayers? Or is there something that you have given up praying for? Remember to not give up. Pray until you see it come about or until God says no. Maybe like those faithful ladies from Scotland, you need to be praying for many years. And two, recognize that no is a valid answer. Remember, we have an all-knowing, all-loving God. Like Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 
God may not change things for you, but he will always help you through it. And you have to learn to trust that God wants what is best for you. If you feel like God hasn't answered a prayer in your life, why not take some time to ask him why? Number three, what does prayer look like in your life right now? Is prayer a part of your lifestyle? Or does it just feel five minutes before you fall asleep? Do you pray big, bold prayers? Or do you limit what could happen? Prayer is a moment of untold potential. It's before your loving Heavenly Father. And number four, remember you don't always need to come to God with an agenda. Try asking God what He wants you to pray for. And remember Peter's tips to help. Put aside what you want to see happen. Ask God to fill you with His Holy Spirit. Bind the devil. Thank God in faith that He will speak. Then wait and pray according to whatever God speaks to you. And remember, don't give up until that is answered. Thanks for joining us for today's episode on the power of prayer. How cool is it that God chooses to involve us in what happens and that we can co-create with God? Now, Peter actually has a whole teaching on prayer and intercession on our online course called Launched. Now, Launched is a self-paced online course with nine great topics. And these are designed to help you launch your relationship with God to the next level. We have incredible speakers from all over the world who share their love and passion for God to help us deepen our relationship with God. If you're interested in more information, reach out to us at YOM Newcastle over on Instagram or jump on our website. We also run a five and a half month long discipleship training school. The DTS, Discipleship Training School, is a once in a lifetime experience for your relationship with God. We provide a dynamic learning environment so you can personally apply biblical truths and be challenged as your character grows to reflect Christ and you become an agent of change in the world today. We cover topics like how to read your Bible, the character and nature of God, missions, the Father Heart of God, and so much more with vibrant and dynamic teaching. We hope to see you encounter God like never before. The DTS will also provide practical on the ground ministry experience to equip you to tell others about God, how to preach, run Bible studies, lead small groups. We hope you will join us again next week for more teaching. Together, let's keep discovering more about God.